Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, where you will find messages from various speakers here at Eastgate House of Prayer Mission Base, both a house of prayer and a praying church. We pray that you are blessed through this message and that a greater measure of truth is revealed to you as you listen. Hey, y'all. Welcome to our very first panelist podcast on our Eastgate House of Prayer podcast. My name is Tatiana, and I am joined today by two of my very awesome friends, Rochelle and Nick, who are also serving as missionaries here at Eastgate House of Prayer. So I'll let them introduce themselves, and then we'll jump right in. Hi, guys. My name is Rochelle, and I am a worship missionary here at Eastgate House of Prayer. Uh, I just started my journey here as a full-time missionary in January, um, finishing my internship up at school at Kingsley University in Sussex, New Brunswick, a little tiny town. Um, But I'm loving being here. It's so good to be plugged in at this house of prayer and actually following um, the Lord's calling on my life. Hey guys, I'm Nick and I also have the privilege of serving here at Eastgate House of Prayer. I came on staff in the last two months so i'm still relatively new compared to these guys but i've been loving it so far loving what the lord is doing here at eastgate house of prayer and i can't wait to share some of that with y'all amen so one of my most favorite things about what i get to do at ehop is actually i get to take leadership over our young adults ministry which has been incredible like the lord's been up to so much and the primary thing that we've kind of been working through over the last eight months or so in our young adults community is actually we've been revolving all of our teaching and all of our study around the topic of freedom. So that's exactly what I wanted to jump into today and kind of talk with Rochelle and Nick about is this idea of freedom and what Jesus actually has to say about the idea of freedom. So we're going to just open up this conversation, open up this topic for dialogue that will hopefully be crazy helpful to you as you listen and will hopefully unlock doors to freedom that you never even knew existed. So I'd just like to open up this conversation and ask you guys, like, is freedom an important thing for the church to grasp? And if it is, why? Like, like, what does the word of God actually have to say about this? What does Jesus have to say about freedom? Well, first of all, freedom is super important for the church to grasp because the gospel itself, the very gospel that we preach is all based around freedom. Jesus didn't die for us to remain in slavery. Jesus didn't come and hang on a cross for hours so that we could remain in bondage to sin. The Lord, the Father God, did not send his only son to die for us to just leave us to be forsaken and to leave us in suffering and to leave us in in death. No, he was raised to life so that we could have life. And that in itself gives us freedom. Like the gospel is literally freedom. So if we don't grasp that, then what's the point of the gospel? Who are we as the church? What are we even preaching if we aren't preaching freedom? Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, like the Bible mentions so much that God doesn't long for anyone to remain in bondage and that Jesus came to set the captives free. And so in order for us to function as sons and daughters, we have to have a revelation of 
the fact that Jesus came to set us free. Amen. Absolutely. It's this idea where if we as the church want to testify to the goodness of Jesus, if we actually want to testify as ones who have received the gospel, the good news and have been changed by it, us being ones who demonstrate freedom to the world is actually such a huge key of what will draw many hearts to Jesus himself, because we're putting Jesus on display by the freedom that we actually experience in our own lives. I love that input. That's awesome. And so kind of as you've been walking uh, with us in the context of our young adults community, as we've been talking about freedom and opening up this discussion, like what has the Lord been speaking to you? Like what has he been highlighting to you? What has he been talking to you about? And in what ways maybe have you even experienced freedom on a personal basis? Like what have you seen? How can you testify to freedom at work in your own life and over these past eight months or so? Yeah. Um, for me specifically, especially as a young adults crew, we've been traveling through Romans 8 a little bit and, and kind of meditating in there for a while. And, and verse 26 actually stands out to me. It's, um, it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. And me being an Enneagram 3, actually striving in performance is a huge core of of who I am. And, and you know, striving is not my portion. And that's something the Lord's been showing me for for a few years now and especially being like a worship leader like like leaning into performance and leaning into striving it's it's so easy to get stuck there um but looking at this verse it's like I can't get free and I can't do anything outside of of the Holy Spirit's help like it's not anything I do in ministry, in life, whatever, it's it's not of my own strength. And if I move in my own strength, I'm actually functioning out of this flesh. But Christ died so that his spirit could live inside of me and give me life. So that's been a huge revelation for me is, is the spirit helps me in my weakness. And because like I cannot do it of my own strength, like striving is not my portion. And and where I fail, he lifts me up and he guides me in that and he's going to give me the strength to push through anything so freedom it's 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 something that I have and I believe we all have as as Christians but it's an already not yet like it's it's we have freedom but we're growing in freedom Um, and so walking through that it's not about striving oh what can I do like devotional wise I have to do this you know, ABC every single morning or every single night. Like it's not, it's not like that. And so to actually understand like freedom isn't just like a checklist that you mark off and, oh, if I do these things, I'm going to get more free. And it's not like a striving list that you work through. It's okay. Realizing who you are, realizing your fragility as a human, and then understanding the spirit of God that lives inside you. That's actually giving you the ability to walk and pursue freedom. So that's been a huge revelation for, for me. Right. And so it makes me think of the language that we've been using a lot often of, of getting free from me. It's not that you do more or you be more or you perform more or you try harder or you become something, maybe even that you're not, but actually the invitation to join Christ in his death that we would die to ourselves, like, like the things in us, the sin, the, the just 
things in us that are opposed to the nature of Jesus dying, the perfectionism, the striving, all these things, so that we would actually be free to be able to operate in Christ-likeness. It's, it's actually getting free from me. I love that. That's really good. Yeah, Nick, what about you? Yeah, I can totally relate to a lot of that. Um, something that's been huge for me over the last uh, six months or so is definitely learning that in order to be free, I have to be able to be honest about my weaknesses and my struggles, not only with myself, but with Jesus and with those that are walking closely with me. Um, and so that has definitely been a major aspect of getting free is first being honest about it. And then the, I'm finding that the moment that I'm honest about it, then that cuts off all power that the enemy has over me because as myself also being an Enneagram three, like yeah. Rochelle, um, I have struggled with striving for perfection and um, striving to perform and look the part. And so um, that has um, definitely manifested itself in me trying to look a certain way to those around me and feeling like if I don't look this way and I don't um, act this way or think this way, then they won't love me and Jesus won't love me. But it's so freeing to know that Christ loves us unconditionally and we can't add anything to his gospel. He already came, paid it all, and we are fully redeemed, fully free in him. And so um, something else that's been huge in this season has been the revelation that because in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, the spirit of the Lord literally lives in us. So wherever we go, there is freedom. So, yeah, that's definitely been huge. Amen. I love even seeing the kindness of Jesus in the idea of freedom that he actually wants us to be free more than we even want to be free. And so when Jesus invites us into freedom, he's not inviting us into living inauthentically. Jesus is actually inviting us into being the most true versions of ourselves. He's actually inviting us to be the most authentic versions of ourselves. And so in that, yeah, you don't fake it until you make it. You don't make the outside of the cup look clean while the inside is filthy. It's actually this invitation to, again, death to self so that we can look like Jesus and be the most authentic versions of ourselves, like to actually realign ourselves with our original created purpose, which is to be like Jesus and to love him in return. Like it's, it's such a glorious invitation. I love the invitation to freedom where it doesn't come with expectations and, and a harsh judging God that wants us to look a certain way. It's actually an invitation to true freedom. Like if, if we dreamt about what true freedom looks like in a God honoring way, that's exactly what Jesus wants for us. So I guess where my struggle has landed with this whole freedom topic is, is I've struggled with, okay, so if the gospel message indicates that I am free. Does this mean that I actually don't have to try? Does this actually mean that I don't have to work or serve or honor the Lord? Can I just live in sin and choose Jesus's freedom that he speaks over me as a license to do whatever I want? Just let's, let's open up this conversation. Does freedom look like just being able to do whatever you want? I'm going to start off with a hard no. Um, back to my little analogy that I mentioned before, 
God did not send his son to die on the cross for us so that we would remain in sin. Like the whole point of it is freedom, yes, but he's a father and he wants a family. And as daughters and sons, as Christians, as daughters and sons of the most high God of the heavenly father, he wants communion with his sons and with his daughters. If we truly love the Lord as sons and daughters, which we should, and by the spirit living inside us, that should bear witness in us a love for God and to, and to will and to, and to desire to actually go after his heart and to, and to obey him. The Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Like that's, that's, that's a thing. And, and it's not legalism. It's not, it's just like, if you love God, you'll listen to him. If you love your, your father, like here on earth, if you love your dad and he tells you not to touch that hot plate, are you going to touch the hot plate? Some people out of rebellion, probably. But in the same essence, it's like he's not giving us these rules or these regulations because he wants to. He's giving it to us so that we can actually live the life that he's he's given to us through Jesus. Like it's all out of love. It's a gospel of love and of freedom. And so for us to walk in sin, God's not giving us the freedom to walk in sin. He's saying, hi, I've given you freedom to get free from this sin that's actually harming you like it's not doing doing you any good like at all and if we're all honest with ourselves we can't look at our sin and be like oh well that was actually a good time in my life if we're all honest with ourselves and I, I I really don't think you need to be a Christian either to realize that so that's a huge thing God did not send his son to die on the cross for us to remain in sin so for us to continue to walk in sin and just think that 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 Jesus, the blood of Jesus is going to cover us, which it does. But like to think that we'd willingly walk in sin, I'd, I'd even question like, hi, do you really love love the Lord? If you're willingly going to walk in that, even after knowing what he's done for you. It's all judged by the fruit. Like what is the fruit of your life? What is the fruit of your life? That's a huge question. You know, that you have like the, the fruit of the spirit that comes up in Galatians. Like, is your life bearing that fruit? Because that's what freedom looks like. That is what freedom looks like. And you need to understand that it's not freedom to sin. It's freedom to actually live. And walking in sin, as we know in the Bible, is not life. It's death. So no, we can't stay in sin. It's not freedom to sin because that's death. So then we're rejecting the freedom that Christ actually gave us. Um, so yeah, that's 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 a huge thing. Um, I definitely see where people can go with that uh, when our heads are so like wrapped up in the worldly perspective. And I've definitely been caught up in that before. But like even looking back at my own life, I'm like, wow, that's not freedom. It's not freedom at all. I definitely have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, you know, it's straight bible that christ didn't come to set us free so that we can sin you know in romans 6 paul talks about how that it's not a free it's not a free pass to sin um and just before that he talks about what baptism is you know how that it's death to self and that we have to die to self 
um, in order to be fully free. And Galatians 5, 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That is huge. Um, because so I've come across so many people that think that freedom is um, living for themselves and following their heart. And the heart is deceitful above all else. So we can't follow our heart. We have to follow Christ in order to be free. Amen. It's this idea, like what what was going through my head there was, okay, so freedom to what? And honestly, I think the freedom that Jesus invites us into is actually freedom to love Jesus. Okay. And so even I was reminded of the words of Jesus himself in John 14, where he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So it's actually this invitation. If it's freedom to love Jesus, then it's freedom to actually walk in obedience. It's actually a capacity to say yes to God rather than operating in a spirit of rebellion. Exactly what you were mentioning, Rochelle. And even like I was just looking at Romans 6, which you just opened up. Like right out of verse 4, it says like walk habitually in the newness of life, abandoning our own ways. For if we have become one with him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of of his resurrection. It's freedom to love him, freedom to be like him. And if even Jesus himself, when walking on the face of the planet, like in John six, he says, my will is not even to do my own will. My will is actually to do the father's will. So it's the submission, which is rooted in love. So if it's freedom to love Jesus, it's freedom to lay down my own desires. It's freedom to lay down my own selfish ambitions. It's freedom to lay down my sin. And it's freedom to actually operate out of the outflow of Jesus's love in me that my decisions, my words, my actions, everything I do would be out of the outflow of love. And this is true freedom because it's friendship and intimacy with our creator. This is true freedom. And if it completely like... If it's out of the overflow and it's not by our own strength, it's not by our own understanding of how to love, that completely destroys every bit of striving, like every single bit of performance, all of it gone, like it's gone because it's not even mustered up on our own will, our own time, like you were saying, like it's all, all of our decisions, all of our actions, everything is out of the overflow of the love of Christ that we received through freedom through Christ so it's not even us that's doing these things it's literally the Lord as we partner in the freedom that he's given us so it's like do you actually want to strive because I I don't I've lived that life like I I do not want that and so like actually running with the Lord in that and like understanding like hi all of this stuff that he's giving you is not something that you can do on your own like the 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 overflow of the freedom is all by Christ's power and his love for you and then he's giving you all of those gifts the fruits of the spirit all of that all of that which comes with freedom it's all out of the overflow so it's not striving like you don't have to you don't have to do any of that to to gain the fullness of freedom it's just like a a consistent yes and partnership and understanding like striving isn't your portion and death is not your portion like it says like it's like 
set your mind on the things of the world is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Like peace is a huge keyword there. Like when we understand that, like saying yes to the freedom that Jesus gives, it's like the overflow, but it, it, it gives peace to your mind. You're functioning out of anxiety and depression and anger. That's all the world. And, then you, it, and you're a Christian, so it's like step back and see your freedom from the perspective of Christ and understand what he's actually given you. You don't have to fight for anything. You don't have to strive for anything. He's freely giving it to you. All you have to do is continuously say yes. Like, hi, Jesus. I give you my yes. Use me today. Thank you for freedom. Like, that's all he needs. That's all he wants. That's all he desires from us. It's all out of the overflow of love. So, like, that's that's super key. Yeah, I just have something quick to add here along that same um, topic. Um, something that the Lord showed me the other day when I was reading the book of Ephesians was in Ephesians 2.10 where it says, um, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, we literally just need to walk in the good works. Like God already has everything set in place for us to walk in it. We just have to say yes. So some of you are listening to this and now you're evaluating the last few months of your life or maybe the last few years of your life or maybe your entire life. And and what you're actually seeing are these cyclic patterns of getting free and getting healed and getting restored. And then all of a sudden you find yourself falling back into the same measure of bondage. And you're asking the question, like, did I really get set free? Let's specifically talk about the idea of like re-engagement in, in sin. You've seen Jesus show up in your life and powerfully deliver you from alcoholism or you've, or you've seen him deliver you from, you know, whatever it might be, fill in the blank of your thing. But then you ended up falling back into it. What is that? How does... How does that kind of play out in our freedom story? What does that mean about the character and the nature of Jesus? What's our role in our freedom story? Let's open it up. Rochelle and Nick, what do you guys have to say about this? Yeah, so I definitely think that there is a reality that we have to be saying yes to Jesus every day. Um, and that we have to continually be dying to self and surrendering to God's will in our life. And ultimately, it all comes back to intimacy with Jesus. And do we know who we are as sons and daughters fully loved? And that when we may find ourselves falling back into old patterns, that God doesn't grow frustrated when we turn back to him. You know, every time you turn back to him, he doesn't get more and more frustrated, more and more done with you and just wants nothing to do with you. Um, you know, right now my mind is going to the story of the prodigal son returning home. God didn't walk to find his son on the road. He didn't wait at home. He, the father in that story ran to his son, clothed him with the best robe, put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet. And that is what God is doing every time a prodigal returns home. He runs to them. He puts on the best robe. He clothes you in mercy. He washes you with the blood of his son, whom he freely gave for you to be redeemed and to have relationship with him. So ultimately, like I said, it all comes down to having relationship with him and letting him speak life into you and letting go of ungodly beliefs 
and ultimately understanding that God sees the son when he looks at you. He sees Jesus. Also, I think it's, it's, it's really important that we understand that we do not rage war against flesh and blood. There's a very real spiritual aspect to the life that we live and the life that we're given in the world that we're in. And walking in this freedom, we need to understand that God's not naive and God knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly the way we think. He knows our actions before we do them. He's, he's sovereign, and that's amazing. Um, and that's why it says in the Bible, like, it's so important for us to understand we have an intercessor in heaven interceding for us on the daily because we're in a very real spiritual battle and the Lord knows that we need prayer like straight up like we do. He would not be interceding for us day and night if we did not need that. Like coming back to verse 26 in Romans 8, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Like the spirit intercedes for us Christ Jesus intercedes for us in heaven we have this this thing going up and down all of the time it's because we need that it's a very real spiritual battle but also in verse 37 it it makes it clear that in all things we are more than conquerors through Christ who who loves us for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the enemy functions in fear. And because we're free, and because the enemy literally hates the sons and daughters of Christ, whether we're free or not, his main avenue of attack towards us and towards the kingdom of God is with fear and with lies and with temptation. Even if we know that we're fully free and we know that we're conquerors, it doesn't mean he's not going to attack us with temptation. Like that is his main avenue of attack. And so, you know, a lot of people say the original sin um, was the doubt that God is good. And so anything he can do to attack us in that vein even still is huge. And so why would he not attack our freedom? Why wouldn't he tempt us with the thought like, oh, I fell into the, the sin of lust again. I'm being tempted with this. I'm being tempted with alcoholism. I'm being tempted with wanting to get high again. Like that's the way that he functions. It's all doubting that God is good. If he can get that into our heads, then then maybe he'll win but understanding and going back to what Nick said like it's relationship with the Lord and understanding the spirit lives inside of you is interceding for you Christ Jesus who died for you is in heaven interceding for you so all of these lies all of these temptations the only avenue that the enemy has of attack towards us understanding that through the love of God and understanding that very love we can be completely um, stronger than the lies and, and all of that which comes against us. So yeah, it's a very real thing, but it also comes down to our yes. Who are we going to give our yes to? Because we're free, it doesn't mean we still don't have free will. God loves free will. We have the option to either give temptation a yes or a no. Who are you going to side with? Like it's, it's like, yes, you are fully free. My son, my daughter, you are free. 
temptation comes, who are you going to give your yes to? Like we do have responsibility in the matter, but giving your yes to Jesus is so much greater because nothing can stand against the yes to Jesus. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus is not surprised by our junk. So when there's these cycles of sin, God's not like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with them? Get your stuff together. Like he's not offended, but he loves you enough to want to pull you out of it. So if you're finding yourself in those cycles of sin or those cycles of dysfunction, it's really important that you don't hear the voice of the accuser and the voice of the condemner that, that says like, keep, keep doing it. Cause God won't love you anyway. Even if you try to come back to him, even like the prodigal son, like don't even try to go home. Cause it's not like your father wants to see you anyway. Versus the reality is, oh my gosh, if you only knew that if you started to make the trek home, your father would meet you on the road with open arms, with joy, just totally on his face it's like this is the invitation to freedom is actually the fact that the voice of the accuser and the voice of condemnation that comes to keep us in bondage actually bears way less weight than the voice of a loving god who wants to pull us into freedom like it is good news on the flip side though is the reality that i think you were just opening up rochelle about our personal responsibility and our actual like we need to guard our freedom so if God set you free from anxiety, but every time you go on your phone, you look for all the news articles that are going to instill fear in you, you're actually not guarding your freedom. You know, if you have a drinking problem, but you're still going out to the bar every weekend or you're going to parties with your friends every weekend, you're not guarding your freedom. You know, there's, there's all these really simple, practical ways where I think we as the church, that if we do want to declare a really awesome, pure testimony of freedom to the world, that we actually need to do our own part in guarding our freedom. Like, do we actually value and cherish the finished work of Jesus and even the work that he's already done in healing us enough that we're not going to re-engage in sin or re-engage in dysfunction just because it feels good in the moment? Are we going to die to self and say, you know what? I'm choosing my freedom and I'm guarding my freedom over the desire to step into this temptation or the desire to step into this sin or, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, your comfort zone of sin and dysfunction does not compare to the glory that comes with freedom. Like that's it. Um, and so that is the good news of the gospel is this invitation to actually have, have a loving God, a loving dad, a good father, pull us right out of our dysfunction, pull us right out of our sin, pull us right out of that cyclic dysfunctional behavior and pull us into true and authentic freedom. And so I'm sure there are many people who are listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I want that freedom. I want nothing more than to actually find myself like with a smile on my face everywhere I go because I know I've been set free. So speaking to those people who are listening right now, what do you guys have to say to them? How, how do they access this freedom? How do, they, how do they step into this freedom that Jesus is offering them today? Yeah, um, absolutely. Get in the word of God. That is your weapon. It is life. It is the only truth. It will reveal things to you that you didn't even know that, you know, you could apply to your life. It, it's, it's literally the bread of life. Like that is what it is. And so get into the word of God 
um, the Lord says, my, my, my word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Like, if, you, if you're getting, like, attacked with a ton, ton of temptation, like, come at Satan with that two-edged sword. The word of God does not compare to the lies of the enemy. So get into the word. And, and like Nick said, like, you know, it's all relationship. How do you get to know the voice of the Father if not through his word, the word that he's given you? And so really, like, get into the word of God and, and understand what it looks like to dialogue with the Lord. Prayers don't have to be this fancy thing. Understand that you're actually talking to your dad, like you're talking to your father. How would you talk to your dad? Like, like bring all your prayers, all your petitions, bring it all to the Lord because he will carry those burdens with you. He will carry your anxieties. He will carry your worries, your fears, your doubts, because that's not your portion. So he's going to take that from you. But you need to learn what the voice of your father sounds like. And in that, you're going to find strength and you're going to going to run after that freedom because he's with you that entire way. And so get into the word of God and and learn what it looks like to dialogue with the Lord and, and make prayer a really, really solid part of your daily walk we're told to pray without ceasing what does that look like for you like that's something that I've even journeyed over the last three years like what does it look like to pray without ceasing and have that consistent dialogue with the Lord Um, so really navigate that with God and what that looks like in your life too because that's going to bring you strength knowing that you're not alone like having that constant dialogue literally not alone you're not and so um, that's it that's a that's a huge thing that I would say for sure yeah, I totally agree with everything that Rochelle shared. Um, it's definitely about getting in the word of God and reading who God says you are and um, really believing it, you know, asking him to encounter you in your time in the word and locking yourself in your bedroom and just being alone with him in his word is so vital to finding freedom, you know, having the discipline to um you know, maybe you would want to watch a show on Netflix, but it's having the discipline to say, no, I'm not going to watch that. I'm going to take the time to be with the Lord and read his word and learn about who he says I am. And, um, you know, just, yeah, like Rochelle said, just have a dialogue with him. Talk to him. Ask him to show himself to you. He will. You know, Jesus came so that there would be no more veil between you and God. You know, we have that intimate access through Jesus now. Um, and so God doesn't just sit up in a cloud far from us where that we need to work to get to him. Um, he came and dwelt among us. Um, and so it's all about being in his word and having that constant dialogue with him. Yeah. Also bouncing off of what Nick said, you know, the Bible's filled with things that, you know, um, the Lord declares over us and says who we are. But I think a huge part of it is like understanding where we get our confidence from. So like learning who God says that he is to is, is huge because out of his identity, we receive our own identity because we're co-heirs with Christ. Like, like we are part of his family. We get our identity from the Lord. Who is this God that we serve? Who is this God that we're walking with? Who is this God that, that, that loved us so much that he sent his son? Who is this God that calls us more than conquerors, that calls us priests and, and kings and calls us a holy nation? Like, who is this God? that calls us sons and daughters. That's huge. That's what forms our identity and that's what forms our faith. Like who is this God that we're putting our faith and trust in? So that, that is, that is huge. That's like a whole other side to it. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's it. You got to get in the word. Have a constant dialogue with the Lord. He'll reveal himself to you, which is which is huge. I was listening to a Mike Bickle sermon this morning, actually. We can link it in the show notes below. But what Mike was saying was there's actually this three-step process that we need to walk through as Christians. Number one, understand how much God loves God. Understand the dance of the Trinity where the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father and the Father loves the Spirit. It's this Trinitarian dance that we speak of. Secondly, we then need to understand how much God loves us. And then third, we need to figure out how much we're going to respond to that love that God has for us, our love for God. But where we've kind of gotten it wrong in the church, this is what Mike was saying, was that we've kind of started with step three. And then that's led us to step two. And then that's led us to step one. And we've actually gotten it backwards as the church. And I think you hit into it exactly there, Rochelle, where it starts our journey to freedom, the freedom, which is the capacity to love Jesus actually needs to start with an understanding of who God is. If I don't understand how much God loves his son, then I'll never understand how much Jesus loves me enough that he'd give his own life for me. Then how would I ever know how to love God in return? It's actually, we can't, we can't afford to get it backwards or else we'll never enter into freedom. So I want to give a huge thanks to Rochelle and Nick for joining us. Thank you guys. Yeah, no worries. So honored to be here. It's been, it's been really great. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so honored to have been able to be a part of it. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. That's a good word. And one of my most favorite things when we gather as a young adults community is actually to open up a time for people to share their own freedom story. So I'm going to invite you even now in the review section of this podcast, would you go on there and just share your freedom story? How has God set you free? How is he setting you free? How do you anticipate him setting you free? And even better than that, I want to encourage you to share with your family, your friends, your coworkers, your loved ones about how God has set you free. You will overcome by the word of your testimony. And I believe that that's actually one of the most powerful tools that we have to share the gospel with those around us is being able to share our own story, what God's been doing in us. No one can refute your testimony. No one can refute your experience um, because it's all valid. And so let's be intentional about sharing our freedom story with one another. So I want to thank you for joining our very first panelist discussion here on the Eastgate House of Prayer podcast. We hope to have you listening to many more of these as we produce them and send them out. And so bless you. Thank you for listening. And so, Father, right now, I want to thank you for every listener of this podcast. Jesus, I thank you that it is by your blood, by your shed blood on Calvary, that we have access to this freedom that you desire for us even more than we desire for ourselves. And so, Father, I'm asking that at the sound of our voices today, that many would get set free from habitual sin, from, from repeated cycles of dysfunction. God, I'm asking for your glory to be put on display. I'm asking for your power to be put on display in the lives of every listener of this podcast in Jesus mighty name. So we bless you and we love you. Let's continue to run into this freedom together. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. To find more teaching resources or to join us via live stream, 
visit our website at eastgatehouseofprayer.ca.